This is Radio Free Cybertron with your host, Brian Kilby, featuring Chris, Don, Rob, Diecast, John, and Melvar. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Radio Free Cybertron. I am your host today, only today. Thank, thank you. <laughs> uh, this is episode 710, and we don't even know the date, do we? Today is it's, uh, the 20th January, of January 20th. 2021. January 20th, a fairly important day, you know. 2021. And with me, we have Chris. Hi. Rob. Hi. Don. Hi. John DeLuna. Yo. And Matt. <laughs> oh, thanks, Matt. Hi, Matt. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. You've completely ruined Diecast's intro. That yep. was my intention. I approve. <laughs> Uh, don't forget to check out our year in review if you want to review 2020 for some crazy reason. Uh, we sure didn't. Yeah. Well, okay, I'll rephrase it. I sure didn't. No, you were correct the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't want to speak out of turn. Yes. And uh, I believe radio.net slash 708 will get you right there. Yeah, the, the year in review was episode 708. Um. And then last week we had 709, which was our uh, 2021 predictions episode. So if you want to check back on that and see what we think might happen in the coming year of Transformers, um, you know, see how wild and crazy our predictions are. And then, of course, bookmark that for about a year from now and see what's come true or not. Did anyone have a deep cover on the board? No, because that was already rumored. So that would have been cheating. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Patreon we'll update. That. This Week in History podcast. Guess this weekend, if you're a touched patron, sign up. So we need people to sign up if you're touched for for this week in history. If you're a touched patron, you might get tapped to become a guest host for an episode of the This Week in History podcast. Uh, Brian's been having a lot of fun having people from our patron group uh, on and uh, participating in the show. And uh, apparently... He's had a lot of them on at once, and he thinks this is great fun. Yeah. Personally, I find podcasting with more than about four people to be just kind of chaos, but, you know. Well, it depends on who you have on. Yeah, Diecast, it sure does. Well, well, yeah. well Chris, there's, there's a reason it's called Discord. You know, chaos, Discord. Ah, I see what you Sorry. did there. But yeah. we're not using Discord. We're using Google Meet. I don't know if he uses Discord for the, the uh, history podcast. I think he might. He might. And the only thing you need is a headset, a decent microphone, and a good microphone and yeah. decent internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go ahead and get right into the news. And first news topic: Patrick Tatopoulos. 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 Yeah. Nailed it. New Transformers film. Yeah. So um, he's reportedly been brought on as the new production designer for this Transformers movie that's going to be being worked on to very idealistically be released in 2022. Um, now, a production designer is a very important part of any film or TV production because the production designer is effectively the person who decides what everything in 
the production looks like. Um, so, like, for a TV show, when you are looking at the sets they have and everything, like, the way those sets are decorated, um, even some of the wardrobe choices, that's all stuff that's in the production designer's purview to convey the right feeling or sense of time and place for what this is supposed to be. Um, so his involvement in this could be very fundamentally influential on what this movie looks like. Now, um, some of the previous credits they have um, for him in this field uh, include the Justice League movies. Oh, no. Uh, it also stretches back as far as Independence Day, which Independence Day had a very interesting look. I'm not, you know, entirely convinced of how that look was mapped to Transformers so much, but um, I think what we can really take away from this is that there will probably be a fairly different Perhaps. and unique design style to possibly what even the Transformers themselves look like in this new movie. Dark, We're gritty, not like a lot of color. Okay, so maybe not so different. Can we get a uh, one or two lens flares just for just for an old time's sake? I think I think that's more the director's call. Okay. Yeah. Post post process effects people too maybe if you know they couldn't uh, capture a lens flare practically in camera. That's always preferable, but you know it's so hard to obtain, especially if you're like shooting afternoon for morning. Well, I mean, you know, as long as we get like five or six like changes between day sunrise and sunset in a matter of two or three minutes you know it'll 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 be fine it'll be well fine. i'm pretty sure they're not bringing michael bay back so i don't think we're going to be presented with you know five uh five consecutive sunsets over five consecutive scenes in five different locations but it also um, seems like we we get like this person is going to join the transformers movie that's coming out but we never ever get an official announcement of what the movie is or ah well there's probably a good reason for that they probably don't know what the movie is yet <laughs> because they're still hiring the people that are going to make it yeah so like at this point i'm fairly positive they have at least one script treatment that they have decided they're going to develop for this that does not mean they have a script for the movie yet but they know like the raw basic outline of the story they want to try to produce for this movie and now they're lining up the people to start to make that happen um you know at some point there's going to be script writers come in to actually flesh that out into a thing um and that's going to also have input from a director that they hire uh who's going to you know be partly responsible for visioning how it's going to work production designer to get the visualization down a little bit you know there's a whole lot of steps between where we are right now and actually like starting to shoot even uh and you know if it was the michael bay era again mm. they could be shooting before they even actually have the script work done and, and we have to remember that even though Spaceballs did tell us that you know there's instant cassettes that is already out in homes before the movie is finished you, you have to get to a certain point before that kicks in so, you know, we just have to wait, wait just a little longer. And I assume at this point, too, they're not like in a big hurry to try to get like actual production going because we're still, uh, you know, ass deep in COVID. Um, so at this point, they're just kind of focusing on as much pre production stuff as they can, where, you know, people can be doing stuff from isolated locations and they're not having to worry about coordinating extras and craft services and a bunch of crew, you know, all in one place together and not have everybody get sick and die. And generally, the news story... Generally frowned on in movies. Yeah. And the news story, which I already 
ruined a little bit. Uh, Generation <laughs> Select Deep Cover First Look. So yeah. I'm going to let Chris talk about this because he actually not only knows about it, but I think he's going to have a sample. Have, very yeah, shortly. I should have a copy next week. Uh, Studio Series Grimlock also probably. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. So Deep Cover. Um, Deep Cover, first of all, is a... It's the Transformers name for a Diaclone colorway of the toy that became Sideswipe. So it's a black Sideswipe with blue details, uh, distinct from G2 Sideswipe, which is a black Sideswipe with red details. Big differences, I know. Um, so this was something that uh, Takara turned into a Transformers character in the early 2000s with the whole run of like eHobby and other reissue uh, exclusives. So this has been rumored for the 2021 Selects product year for a little while now. There has not been an official announcement of it yet, but if you remember last year when Grease Pit and Exhaust first became available on eBay, that was before those were officially announced, and just suddenly a couple of sellers on eBay out of, I think, California had some cases worth of them that they started selling. I bought two of them, I remember. Um so in Deep Cover's case, something very similar happened where a little collectible shop in Las Vegas got a case or maybe two of these and listed them up on their web store for sale. And a few of us were able to catch that and place orders. Um, Manny Cara in our Discord has a sample in hand already. Uh, and a few other people do too. So thanks to uh, Manny Cara's report on this, we know this is just a straight redeco of Sideswipe. Um, it's just like Tiger Track where it comes with the accessories for both Sideswipe and Red Alert. So it's got the shoulder piece and the rifle. Um, where originally Sideswipe only came with the shoulder piece and Red Alert only came with the rifle. Uh, and the light bar, but that doesn't count here. So there had been a rumor that uh, Deep Cover and some other um, rumored Sideswipe reuses this year would be retooled for Earth modes. And at least in Deep Cover's case, that's not true. Whether that becomes so for any of the subsequent ones will remain to be seen. But for right now, this is just a straight recolor and it fills in one of the um, Diaclone character slots in the Generations collection, which, I mean, Matt and I are all for conceptually. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now, um, I, like, I know this is coming in selects, but I thought this was originally rumored to be in one of the Netflix waves. Yeah, so... Um, before even the first full Netflix wave came out... Um, Zobivore on ATT had dug up stuff from Walmart's computer system, and there was, as best I recall, a deep cover listed among that, but that was so far in advance, it seems like they probably shuffled some things around, and something that might have been designed originally for the Netflix releases ended up in selects, and it might have gone in the other direction, too, where there was something they had in mind for selects that ended up being um, a Walmart exclusive. Um, you know, there's not really any way unless they end up telling us in a, a Fan First Friday stream or something, you know, how this was really going to play out, which is unlikely. Um, but it's notable, too, that in that same um, Walmart inventory dive was also the first reference to a generation Cheetor among that Netflix stuff. And that's something that also leaked in the last couple of weeks that we know finally is going to be a thing in the third wave of that product. So... Like, these entries have been in the computer system for a long time, so there's a lot of space in there where changes like that could happen. And shifting something from one basically exclusive line to another one is not that big a deal. 
Uh, you know, it just depends, like, if it's a case where there's contractual specificity of what toys are being included in what and how that ends up shaking out. And I doubt it's really, you know, that bogged down in details for the most part. Um, but I would say basically anything that's not, like, specifically Netflix War for Cybertron-style battle damage decoed probably could have just as easily been a select toy at some point in its development life and it just ended up somewhere else. Uh, we can't say for sure, but like it's it's not a far leap to jump to. And you can also see in the photos that um, the selects line is also getting the the plastic elimination treatment because it is held on by straight cardboard, and it looks like they're going back to the paper ties as opposed to the plastic ties, which I mm. like the paper ties a lot better. They're easier. Yeah, they're to easier cut. to handle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that's an interesting observation. I'm glad you brought that up because it means that uh, Generation Select's Deep Cover is the first Transformers product since this initiative started to come in completely plastic free packaging. Hmm. Yep. Because, of course, Select's boxes have no windows at all. And if they put paper ties on them, then that eliminates the last little bit of plastic. So this is all uh, paper products now. Interesting. You probably won't be seeing that move to this extent in um you know regular retail stuff unless um the commander class for this year probably will do something similar to that because those have never been window boxes and switching to the cardboard tray inside completely without even plastic ties is not like very far from where it's already been i support i support the paper ties I would like to see them sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean, we we yeah. had these in the past, and one thing we heard about them, I think maybe uh, from a BotCon panel or something, uh, was a finding that they had a tendency to um, cause paint rub on anything they laid across that had paint operations on it. But, you know, if as long as they're careful with how they package the stuff to make sure that the spots that are tied down are just bare plastic... That's not even going to be that much of an issue. Yeah, but that's I'm looking at that tampograph on. Yeah, I'm looking at that tampograph on Deep Cover's hood and where the uh, and where the tie falls on that, and that that could be a thing depending on how you know consistent they are with getting it across that specific point on the robot. Yeah, I mean, I think the paint rub thing was kind of an edge case on this, but it's something that they took seriously enough to decide to go back to the plastic tie downs. Um, you know, when they started observing that it was potentially an issue. Also, um, since this seems to be using the same deco masks for the most part as Side Swipe does, the white part of the lower torso is actually also. Hmm. I'm just wondering if maybe now the, the may, there may be no correlation, but with them going to this plastic-free packaging and the cost savings that they're probably estimating on having. Uh, down the road, I wonder if that's probably why we're seeing, or at least one of the reasons we're seeing more things with paint, and we're getting a little more paint on, even on the main line than what we were getting several years ago. I'm just wondering if that's factoring into it a smaller uh, packaging cost, just translating into uh, higher production value. So I don't know that it's actually cheaper. I think it might cost. It, the same, if not more, for them to use environmental, environmentally uh, friendly. friendly, yeah, friendly packaging. It kind of depends. So, like the plastic tray inserts that we're used to are done on a vacuum form machine, and 
for those to be consistent, they can't vacuum form them against the toys that they're packaging. It has to have its own mold that they vacuum form that against that makes those uh, negative shapes. So making that is in itself an extra cost in the process. Uh, whereas if they can take um, cardboard elements that are die cut, making that die that actually makes those shapes is its own kind of cost, but it's a different one and a more standard cost in uh, retail development. Um, so anything that's like a solid piece of cardboard like that, that they can just stamp a shape out of is probably not going to have as much startup cost. And material wise, you know, they can use more post-processed recycled material probably to start that with. Um, whereas there's, I mean, there's limited applications for recycled paper products because of what happens with paper when you recycle it a couple of times. Like it's not infinitely recyclable. Uh, but, you know, plastic right. also has that problem depending on what kind of use it's been through and what you're trying to get back out of it again. Um, yeah. Glass is one of the most remarkable things because that's said to be infinitely recyclable. You can always grind down a piece of glass back to basically the silica that it needs to be formed out of and make brand new glass that's just as good as what it started from. Mm. Um, but the other thing is... Um, on things like the selects where there's no window on the packaging, that is inherently cheaper than any of the other packaging styles because having those cutout windows and having to apply the plastic transparencies to that is a bigger source of cost. And at least at the scale BotCon used to work at um, in the um, pre-fun pub days, you know, one thing we'd been told repeatedly was that the packaging was one of the most expensive parts of developing those exclusive toys which is why some of the earliest ones basically just came in plastic bags. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, and also like you were saying, Chris, I'm thinking that, you know, recyclable cardboard would be cheaper to purchase than recycled plastic due to the different kinds of plastics out there and how limited the amount that can be recycled. Because one thing, I, one thing I read not long ago was that there's a lot of different kinds of plastics but they all can't be recycled as yeah, easy true. as others. So, so buying recycled cardboard is like, here's a big chunk of recycled cardboard that's cheaper than buying the recycled plastic. Yeah, and so, the other thing uh, to think it, about too is that besides the inherent environmental friendliness of it as a renewable product, being a renewable product means there's not as much immediate demand for a certain quantity of the material that's available because like you can keep farming new trees to you know get the pulp to make the cardboard from in the first place and any recyclable stuff that you add to that extends that like it's if there's a cost savings in it it's not going to be like a huge thing but there's definitely elements to using the plastic free packaging that can potentially be cost saving over a volume and right. that so, I mean, is important I, and I'm all for as much this. as uh, the environmental friendly aspect of it. Yeah, because, I mean, if, if they can save two or three cent per box, per box toy that they're making because of the lack of plastic, and an extra paint application costs a penny per figure, and it's a tail light or it's a brim of a tire or it's a, or something like that. I'm all for that because we're getting better figures and we're not really losing anything to get that other than a slightly higher price on the plastic they are because of the plastic they are using. Yeah. And I think like for seeing like more instances of paint applications per toy, that's also something that they're just able to negotiate with the factories periodically 
you know, to uh, rejuggle a little bit the production costs overall. So, you know, if they get a better deal with the factory per this period, we might see that reflected in a little bit more attention paid to each individual toy because they have that bit of budget available to them. Uh, what's next, Diecast? Next, we have MP52 Plus Thundercracker version 2.0. This is what we talked about last week, uh, that it was going to be announced very shortly, and I believe it happened at the end or yeah. right after the end of the show last week. Um he looks very blue <laughs> and uh he's u.s price you can get him on hasbro pulse or you can pre-order him right now 241 dollars and 99 cents yeah which is about right with the exchange rate Whew. um anybody want a true build masterpiece seekers i no. i ordered Man. one I ordered one from GameStop because it was $60 off. Um, so I got it for under two. Nice. And the only reason I did it, obviously it's a pre-order because it's not out yet. Um, I did order a Starscream because I wanted to, you know, experience this mold, see how, how it is. If I really like Starscream, I'll probably get Thundercracker. If I don't like Starscream, Thundercracker is getting well, canceled. <laughs> yeah. Well, Doc, has, since, since you've looked at this more than I have, and since Matt's not diving down this rabbit hole uh, as well, uh, just looking at, looking at say, BBTS, Starscream is 265 and Thundercracker is looking at 240 What is the difference? Is there any difference in pieces? Is there... Is it the coordinate? I mean, I, I've not looked at it myself. I, I, I imagine Starscream will have price difference. I imagine Starscream will have coronation gear crammed in the packaging because every Starscream does these days. Yeah, you I can't have right, right. Starscream without a crown. I mean, I, I just wondered if maybe the, uh, if they were already looking at the amount of sales Starscream or orders they're getting for Starscream meant they could drop the cost on the offers on Thundercracker. To make it more enticing to people to, uh, even though people would complete the set, if if it's like twenty dollars less on something, if that could be a possibility, is that based on what they're already seeing for orders? It could be. I mean, they could have said, "Hey, Starscream, we're going to come out at this price. It has a couple little additional accessories, uh, but you know, the next two will drop. We'll drop them." Yeah, that that totally could be a thing. But you know, because to you know they're going to come out with a sky warp. I mean, if they don't come out with yeah, a they have to. sky warp, I will. Yeah, uh, I just, I just hope this thing hot. Yeah, I just hope the sky warp is not like. Tuka I mean, I know we can still get it if it's Takara Tomy Mall or if it's some weird kind of jump I mean, through I, six hoops, stand on you know, stand on your head and kiss a llama. On uh, Thundercracker is Takara Tomy Mall also, and that's why it's a plus. Okay. I mean, I would love to have new Seekers, but I'll be honest, not for that price. Well, no, I, I and, really and don't. And that question before, like, who wants to troop build Masterpiece Seekers again? Like, I don't even want to troop build sweeps off the Studio Series mold because that stupid thing's $30 each. Like, no, I can't imagine, like, even doing the set of three of these new Masterpiece Seekers. Uh, never mind. No, if it's they... over $600. Never mind if they uh, retool it as cone heads, which eventually they have to. 
Well, considering the last batch of cone hands they did of the QC issues, that's already going to be a strike against them. People will be worried. Well, is it is it going to be like that again? Well, the way Masterpiece Colin. has been in general over the last few years, I think people are already worried if Starscream is going to be like that again. Yeah. But also, and there's I, another thing to consider because if, you know, uh, Skids is the first figure in another reimagination of Masterpiece, uh, let's say, then is this Starscream the last Undercracker mold, the last of the super cartoon aesthetic, you know, transfer super transformation that they I think I think you're probably looking at it in too much of a straight line. I don't think skids being something different is going to preclude seeing stuff like Convoy or Starscream or a Megatron in that engineering style again. I think they're re-examining the concept of at least the Autobot cars into something more affordable, more easy to handle, because Autobot cars are essentially the bread and butter for Masterpiece at this point. You know, it's the thing that they can draw from the most, and it needs to be the thing that people want to buy the most, and that helps to support, especially stuff uh, like Skids, where there's at least one recolor built into it. You know, that's the stuff that helps to support other more niche releases, things that don't, that don't have the same reuse value, and other big Masterpieces like you know, our 25,000 yen seekers here. And, and, and being... anything with the uh, strict licensing agreements like yes, the Autobot exactly. cars, you yeah, know, are, are more difficult to turn into super cartoon accurate models. Yeah. And also the fact is, being Japan, they're going to want to push the good guys more than, say, counting on your villain characters, even though I would have to think against the general mindset of Japan doesn't like doing a lot of villain characters as, as a general mindset. I think Decepticons would be kind of like the kind of asterisk to that rule because it, it's, they're so in, integral to the whole mythos. Um, but you, they don't want to have your $250 seekers be what they're relying on to push sales when you could get an $80, $90 uh, Autobot car compared to, say, a $140 hound that yeah, has issues. The other problem with Masterpiece Decepticon characters in general is that they're all bigger than the Autobots, just as, like, a basic feature. So if you imagine them trying to do, for for just an example to help my head, a Masterpiece Blitzwing, you know, imagine them trying to do that, standing a head taller than a regular Seeker, having to have two modes that actually, like, work. You know, it's going to be a huge amount of cost on that, and that's something that like yeah, maybe they could uh release a masterpiece overcharge afterward for the like five people who remember eHobby did one of those once and actually care um at least two of which are probably on the show with me right now but like uh <laughs> yeah Matt I was thinking of you and Don specifically um but like <laughs> you know for that is a huge investment low return and it would have to have a high price point just to justify the development and the build complexity of it. It's not something that's going to even be on a short list, even though like the triple changers for the cartoons purposes are reasonably iconic characters for G1. Yeah. But it's yeah, not like well, don't not another speaker or tape. Yeah. yeah. But, but there's also a third reuse since times return gave us Megatron and Blitzwing. 
They could always do a Megatron. Oh, oh, no, Don. No, Don. Bad Don. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying Time the out. precedence is set. I'm just saying the precedence <laughs> is there. Makes it the Titans return. So, oh, I mean, geez. or, I mean, if they wanted to do that whole Megatron Thundercracker thing that was like an early <laughs> an early thing, you know, you can no, have no. no Oh, okay, all right. I just want them. I just to wanted do, to point. I just wanted to point out it was possible. I just want them to do before we move on. I just want them to do a masterpiece safety Astro Train. Well, I mean, I would they of, would be looking would, for uh, recolor possibilities on that. So you know, yeah. The I mean, you know, inspired colors. What else are they going to do? I mean, it's not like you could get like you couldn't get a victory shuttle out of that Astro Train. It's just way no. too different. And the only thing you could do with Victory Shuttle would be a, the Bravery color, which would be all Sunrise color. Yeah, that's, which, a, that's a whole that's right issue. Work, so. now, with yeah, that's a whole thing there. So much, it's just... With Astro Train, you pretty much just have to do, if you wanted to use it again, cartoon colors versus toy colors. Yeah, that's the only thing you yeah. can do. Yeah. And, it, and it's the same problem with Blitzwing, though. Like, it's going to cost so much in the first place that you're not really going to get a lot of traction on a, what I would call a niche recolor out of it. So, like, and more, than, thing, any, more yeah. than the bad guys thing in Japan, which is a perfectly valid point, Don, I just think the cost-prohibitive nature of what the Decepticons need to be is a bigger part of why we don't see many Decepticons in Masterpiece, and probably won't ever. And because and it'll be ones the that characters you can get are... These Go ahead, Don. No, I say, and because what you're going to see are the ones that you can get your recolors out of, either as... Starscream, Skywarp, Thundercracker, or Shockwave with toy versus cartoon. Stuff that the bigger characters, they know they can get those those reuses out of. Yeah, you're right. And speaking of things finally showing up on the shelf, we have R-E-D, R-E-D. Red Collection. Yeah, Red Collection. Cheetor and RC first sighting. And man... I wonder if RC is like $45, like it's showing on, on the website. Well, no, in stores where they actually are in stock, they'll be $20. Yeah, or, yeah. You know, it's normal for Walmart's website for stuff they don't have in stock at the moment to uh, sometimes go to absurd marketplace pricing. Yeah. But no, no, that's not the case, though, because if you look at it on the website, it says sold and shipped by walmart.com so and walmart's algorithm probably has been working based on what marketplace sales are going for because like they don't just look at their own marketplace they will pull from like amazon too yeah so you know just like any sources they can to figure out a pricing algorithm they will and then sometimes things like this happen but um it will probably when walmart actually has it in stock to ship go back down to the suggested retail price the same or a similar thing happened with um, 35th Anniversary Sound Blaster. But then once it actually came in stock, the price went back down. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, because you know, it's weird because Megatron, Bumblebee, and Cheetor, I'm looking at the website now, they're all 20 bucks. RC's mm -hmm. the only one that's jumped up at 40 you know, which is just, you have to either, either, either it's the whole marketplace thing or Walmart.com just blew a fuse. I'm really impressed with these two figures looking at the photos. It looks like they have more paint than the first wave. Um, it, it, they they look pretty decent. The sculpts look better. Cheetor's colors are wrong. Just Cheetor's colors are wrong the same way that Kingdoms are, but they're wrong in different ways. Hmm. 
So, like, we have two modern cheater toys in the matter of a couple short months, and neither of them are actually correct. <laughs> also, we've uh, found out with uh, Kingdom Cheetor that the yellow plastic they used on it is brittle and fragile, and we've already had reports of hinges and things breaking. So, uh, enjoy that. Yeah. Well, you know, and also, also the fact that you're going to have uh, show accuracy because you know they're they're trying to capture the fiction these figures came from. So, Cheetor would have a lot more details need to be painted. But and then RC colors, being Mon, CG. That's the problem. Oh, I know, I know, I know. But I'm, okay. but I'm saying they're they're in the wrong colors. But I'm saying if you're going to try to keep the basic theme of show accurate action figures from the series they're based from, you're going to have to have certain extra levels of paint or details. Otherwise, you're not really doing what you're supposed to be doing with the robot enhanced details. You've got to have the extra paint to make RC look like RC. Otherwise, you're not really achieving what the goal is for the line. Right. And unfortunately, though, with Cheetor, they uh, kind of went on a yeah. slight reimagination tangent with that. So, like, even though red is what it is, Cheetor still doesn't really exactly look like the show model either. So, um, so, he, so he's not spot on then. The uh, the design's not right, and the colors are wrong. So this Cheetor is just not very Ultra Gear at all. So can we get uh it, it it seems like they're trying to hit you know a number of the lines like they've Transformers Prime, they have Beast Wars, they yeah. G1. Um can we get an Alpha Q from uh Energon? No. No. No we cannot. <laughs> no. No, we, no. We, we we cannot and shall not. No. No, we I can't. mean I have one right here in a box. Somewhere. I'm sorry. Somewhere. It it's better in the box. Don't take it out. You don't, Matt. You don't want to have. No, it's Alpha not even Q. good in the box. Matt, you don't want to have Alpha Q up with your uh, your Quintessons, uh dispensing. I, I ran out of room. Uh... <laughs> no, but uh, I, I was just wondering if there's a figure that you would want to see in the red line, maybe not from G1 because we've mentioned a couple like Alpha Trion stuff like that. Yeah. That this would be really Obvious good one. for. But uh. Is there any others that you guys can think of off the top of your head that would be great for this red line? Well, even though he transformed, he was only in one episode. Give me DevCon. If I can't okay, get okay, an but actual not G1, DevCon. But not G1 was the question. Animated, well, Yo okay, animated right. Yokitron. That makes sense. Yeah, okay, you're right. Um, hmm. It's a good question. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's just, there's, there's, there's so many characters from... Rust. Oh, what's uh, the Transformer? Uh, not Transformer. The the one for Beast Wars that uh, that was like a build a figure. Yeah, Transmutate. Yeah, Transmutate. I was gonna, I was gonna, I was just gonna say. Uh, Although we're supposedly getting a Generation Selects Transmutate of some form, so um, look forward to a teal and bone colored dinosaur skeleton, probably. Yeah. yeah, I saw that. That did not look good. Well. Yeah. The visualizations well, I mean, right now are just mock-ups done by fans, so we okay. don't actually know what that's going to look like yet. Because yeah. I'll be honest, I wouldn't mind seeing, if they're going to do RC from Prime, I wouldn't mind seeing like a Prime cliff jumper. But they're going to do something else from Prime. I think where they should start is Knockout. Yeah. Who's never, who's never had a toy that actually looks like Knockout looked in the show. That's yeah. true. Yeah, that would be true. All right, Chris wins. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Rob didn't pick anything though. Rob, what do you think, Rob? 
I have no idea. I, I really don't. I'm just trying I'm, to I'm horrible. I am horrible at choosing things on the spot. Like I keep getting asked to do that on various podcasts and recordings yeah. I'm on. It's like, you know, what what do you think uh, about, you know, what what would you pick from this, Rob? And it's like, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't I would have to actually yeah. stop and think uh, about that for five minutes, and that's well, just hey, gonna ruin the uh pacing of whatever it is we're doing. Yeah. So yeah, hey, uh, null vote from Rob on, on fast choices. Okay. Oh, okay. I, know, I know another I know another one. Armada sideways. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Rob, I'll give you one of my backup ones. Cybertron's uh, Signal Lancer. Okay. Actually, yes, I will yeah. accept that, Don. Yeah. I, I I thought of this as a joke to, to you know, uh, throw it out there. Don's second choice as a R.E.D. Miko. But now that I'm thinking about it, could they probably do a three pack of the kids and put it in the RED lot? Oh no, 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 no! Better idea than that is um, Miko in the Apex armor. Ooh, I'll, I, I, I would, I'm gonna steal that. that. Thank you. Yeah, I would buy that. I mean, there are a lot of possibilities with this line mm -hmm. if they do it right. Yeah, there's a lot of possibilities. We just have to, like, you know, hope that they actually utilize them. Yeah, and I the fact that they wish... have jumped outside of G1 for as early as the second wave is, I think, a good sign. And we'll just have to kind of see how it rolls along from here. You know, we've seen wave three with its um, Bumblebee that's obviously compromised to also be a cliff jumper one day and Starscream that looks like a refugee from Pat Lee's sketchbook. Mm. I just I just that's wish sad. this was like the Masters of the Universe Origins line where it's only a Walmart exclusive for like the first year. And then it gets released everywhere because I feel like if it's only a Walmart exclusive, it it may not have longevity. I think you're right. Yeah. See, I'm I'm I, I you were saying you wanted to be like uh, the Walt, the He-Man Origins. I thought, oh, so you don't want to find it either? <laughs> well, no. Now now that now that the Walmart exclusive exclusivity is done. You're starting to see them at Target. You're starting to see them on Amazon and Big Bad Toy Store. You're starting to actually be able to get these from, from more places now. Yeah. I mean, I was able to connect uh, Kilby with uh, almost the whole second uh, second assortment of the basic figures on Amazon that one time. I think all he wanted of that was Roboto, but like, or Orco, one or the other. Um, but like, you know if it was down to waiting for Walmart to have those in stock, you know, they're still piled under uh, tons of Skeletors, like getting more stuff in at any given Walmart's a huge challenge. Well, it's weird though. Uh, ever since after the holidays, my local Walmart has had one Skeletor, three battle cats and a couple of the mega block sets. And that's all it's been there for since after the holiday. Yep. I'm excited to, get these red figures canceled from walmart <laughs> by we'll what you mean, that a little bit you later mean having them cancel them out from under you yeah pretty much yeah uh, we'll go into that and what i got this week because i have something off topic that that's exactly what happened to me well yeah and winter winter fest online coming february 7th yeah, so I remember last year they canceled Wonderfest and were hoping to, uh, you know, pick it back up in 2021. Well, um, things didn't really go like anybody expected them to um, because nobody was really thinking ahead. Uh, I was pretty sure this is how it was going to turn out. Anyway, so they've um, decided to go ahead with Wonderfest as an online streamed event. 
Um, part of the part of the reasoning for this is that in Tokyo right now, uh, some of their their COVID precautions have a limit on the number of people who can gather in like a convention space. And from what I've heard, the number of the limit is actually exceeded just by the uh, vendors and exhibitors that they would expect to have at Wonderfest. So if they carried that out as planned, they couldn't have anybody come in and see any of the booths anyway. So um, they're going to just do this as a streamed event that's free for anybody to watch. I don't know if it's going to be like region locked or how they're going to actually broadcast it, but um, either way, we'll get the information. And Winter Wonderfest is often a time when we get at least a little bit of Transformers news. That's when we heard about uh, Select Star Convoy and the uh, Eternally Missing uh, Micron Super Convoy, who appears doomed to never resurface again. So uh, we very well may get some Transformers information of some kind out of this uh, when the event happens on February the 7th, which is a Sunday in Japan. We would start to see the information um, late in the evening on Saturday. Awesome. So, yeah. We used to get some cool exclusives at Winter Wonderfest too, but I guess that's not happening because there's no one actually going to the convention to buy stuff. Uh, so it was usually like Tokyo Toy Show. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and that's a summer thing, which probably also will end up going online if yep. it happens at all. <sighs> and then uh, we also have a new edition of Transformers Monopoly coming. Listing found on the Walmart app. Yeah, so we don't have a picture or anything of this right now because of the format it was found in, but uh, this isn't the first time there's been Transformers-themed Monopoly, as far as I can recall. Uh, but it's been a while, and they're doing a new edition of it. So if you're into themed board games and you want to, you know, lose all your friends by playing Monopoly with them, uh, it's an option for you. Yeah, I feel like uh, they do... It used to be special when they did like a, a a special monopoly like this. Like they would do like one a year. Now it's like like every week, every franchise gets a monopoly game. <laughs> and so, I feel bad for the guy collecting the uh, the special edition monopolies because that's that's got to be a, a a difficult one to do. I want um, Happy Days Monopoly, where one of the squares is jumping the shark, where it's just like a meta commentary on themed monopolies. <laughs> I actually bought that uh, Transformers Monopoly. Do not jump shark. Do not collect two hundred dollars. <laughs> that go not... directly to shark. Yeah. Do not pass go. Oh, just... so so would it be like Boardwalk, and then instead of Park Place, it's Mork and Mindy. Like Happy Day, you know, is, is a no, no, bit. it's Boardwalk and then Shark Place, Don, because we're talking about jumping the shark. Keep oh, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And then there's also a Shark Tank where you can either lose all your money or win some. I think that's its own board game, though. <laughs> Probably. Uh, and... Yeah, that'll be coming at some point in the future. So uh, if you're interested in that, look forward to it, I guess. Yeah. I like this next news article for uh, Chris. Earthrise, Star Skywarp, and Thundercracker 2-pack back up for pre-order at Big Bid Toy Store and Entertainment Earth. Yeah, so this it's not the clear. Amazon one that, that Chris had a hard time getting, No, right? that was that was Ramjet and uh, Dirge. Oh. Uh, Skywarp oh, and Thundercracker was the, was the Target was the... exclusives, which I had no problem getting multiples of, and I did. Um, no, this is interesting, though, because it's not entirely clear what's going on here. So there's two possibilities. One is that this is a second production of them that are going uh, just generally to fan channel retail, which means Target's exclusivity on um, 
the set was time limited, which, you know, that's fine. This is an easy way for a lot more people to get their hands on these sets. Uh, they're uh, for, up for pre-order at about uh, the same price Target had them. Uh, the other possibility is that Target had a lot of undistributed stock of the set, and uh, by whatever means, Hasbro ended up buying that back and is redistributing it like what happened with the uh, Netflix Wave 1 spoiler packs. Well, Netflix Wave 1 spoiler packs, I can understand. Yeah, that was a disaster. Yeah, disaster. <laughs> But Skywarp and Thundercracker weren't a disaster. So yeah, and why... I, don't, I don't have an impression that Target had any problem getting those distributed out and sold through all their stores. So I don't, I don't tend to think the buyback theory is what's going on, but it is the simplest explanation in general. So like that gives it some veracity. But like, if it is another production of these specifically for non-target retailers to take advantage of, you know, that's a good sign for other things too, like say GI Joe classified, which six months from now, uh, you know, fireflies and what red ninjas, um, you know, all that stuff that people have been unable to find because of scalping and really low stock numbers at target might be stuff that people are sick of seeing everywhere else. Uh, and, you know, hopefully so. Yeah, and I, I think uh, there is a little validity to possibly doing a second run uh, mm -hmm. just because I've seen that with uh, what's that? Uh, the G2 Seeker oh, Sandstorm, Ramjet, yeah. Sandstorm that just came out. Like they, they are doing another run of that, whether that was the yeah. initial plan or not. I don't know, but like there, there's another yeah, I saw, one that's I saw the pre -order around May. Going up for that. What's that? I saw the pre-order notifications going up for that. And of course, like they're doing the second run of uh, some of the Titan class figures. So, you know, it seems like it seems like they've become aware of the need to do some of these toys more than once. And if their agreements with Target at least allow for um, you know, non-perpetual exclusivity of this stuff, it is a good sign for everybody basically as long as you know you can be patient and wait for that second chance not at target yeah i mean i'd rather get it first chance uh, of course you know how long have we had those for about eight since nine the summer yeah so since july okay god it feels longer but 2020 <laughs> felt like five years ever anyway. yeah it felt like forever yeah so yeah i'm i'm liking this uh, you know, it's not not for me. I don't need it, but I'm glad right. that other people are going to get the opportunity to get them if they didn't have a chance through Target. I would yeah. love to see the same thing end up happening with Amazon's exclusives. You know, have the Ironhide and Prowl pack available through Big Bad Toy Store and the other fan channel retailers, those cone heads, you know, any of that stuff, because like those are high demand items and they sold through kind of quick and. Um, you know, some of them came with quality control defects, and by the time it was possible to actually like put in for replacements, there weren't any anymore. So, like, there was there's definitely reasons why you would want to see those reappear. Yeah. So, hopefully, that's something that is possible for all these exclusives given enough time. Yeah. And considering the amount of fan backlash across the board for the, the last stuff six. Especially, yeah, you know, uh, over the last six months of that past five years, as Diecast said, um, I mean, they saw that everyone was having issues across the board 
with many of their releases, many of their products. So this could also be done as like spin control as far as putting it back out there, trying to get some of that goodwill back as well. Maybe. And Don, you're absolutely right. And the reason I'm saying that is uh, uh, I was on the phone with Hasbro customer support yesterday. Oh, boy. As instructed by Walmart, who didn't send an item and said, uh, we don't have any more call Hasbro. I'm like, well, it's not their fault you didn't ship an item that you were supposed to ship to me. It was the pin that came with uh, the Mandalorian figure with the oh. child. They didn't ship the pin. Yeah, so I heard about, I, I heard a lot of people experience that. Yeah, and I called Hasbro, and, and the rep that I was talking to was very friendly, very nice. And I was like, listen, I know this is probably not your fault, but they told me to call you. Like, I don't know why, <laughs> but Walmart gave me your number and said, call Hasbro. And they were, they, the rep that I talked to was like, yeah, we know about the issues with the exclusives to target and Walmart. And he specifically named them and said, they're looking into it. Now this is just a customer service rep, mm -hmm. but I mean, he hears it probably every day from people yeah. and for him to acknowledge that Hasbro knows about the issue and is looking into it, that that's a good sign to me. Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, I, then that's why I think you're right, Don. They they know they're trying to do something about it, um, and it may be shortening the uh, exclusivity con contracts with these uh, stores to say, hey, you know, after six months, you know, we can we can make it and sell it through other channels. So this uh this last item here. I don't want us to go like too deep into this, but I thought we should probably acknowledge it. So just recently, Flame Toys uh, put out a revised uh, concept art piece for that Windblade that was uh, such a topic of conversation a little while back. Which, you know, to be fair, they made it kind of better, sort of. Um, but then just in this past week, they uh, released another piece of concept art. They're doing a model kit of RC, and... Uh, it's probably exactly what you expect, given how I introduced it. And by the tone of your voice, and yes. by the context, and by the history of the character of RC. And if you can see my face right now. Yeah, it, it's, for some reason, they, not just flame toys, but they keep making cheesecake pinups of these characters come to life. And it's like, not what we're looking for, folks. Can I don't try it's that Yeah, this one is not that to me, this one's not that bad. It I mean it could be better, yeah. but it's not like ba boom. No, yeah, it's, it's, it's compared not compared to compared to, for example, Nicey, it is fairly restrained. So yeah. you know. <laughs> no, yeah, like, so with plane toys well, and what they're able to do, like I appreciate that they have the wherewithal to examine other interpretations of the characters because we've gotten some interesting stuff out of that in other applications and like this is not to our taste or interest per se now there's definitely people out there who think this is pretty cool and they like what this is about and that's fine that's absolutely fine i'm not yeah. here 
wanting to put judgment on anybody, but like, know. you know, as an official product, as the first representation of the character in this format, like, it's not what I personally want to see. And there's, like, they could do an IDW RC, for instance, the, um, like, Robots in Disguise era one, which is an interesting redesign, um, you know, and they could do their own original interpretation that just kind of goes in the other direction for this. I'm not saying don't ever do this style or like the style of the wind blade that they've shown us, but like, I just don't want don't it to start be with this. Only, I don't want it to be the only option from this format, just because they have that freedom and flexibility to be more imaginative and do different things. Uh, both because, you know, model kits, different audience, not having to transform like there's a lot of factors here that give them that freedom and i just want to see that explored in more ways like even for other characters that are interpreted in different ways like i would like to see you know one or two more passes for those by other designers or artists putting their spin on them like you know give us variety in a lot of stuff this just kind of this almost back to back with the revised wind boy just kind of brings to a head for me like yeah, we're seeing one person's vision of this at a time per character. Like, let's kind of build out from that and just see some more interpretations on some of the characters that have already been and are already planned to come up. Yeah, and also, um, I uh, this this particular artist has also drawn uh, has has drawn male characters in this specific style. So if we're doing, yeah, I'd like this, to see that. I'd like to see that too. It'd be entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's 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 have other people. Let's get other artist versions of female characters. Let's get let's get Bond's version of Megatron out there. Let's let's just go you know all over the place with this if this is what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, I think that's I think that's very fair and valid. Yeah, but I mean, one of the things we've been complaining about with other versions of RC, especially recently with Earthrise and the Masterpiece, like a transforming cartoon accurate rc is not something that can really exist in a satisfying way and flame toys model kits is the perfect way to get a cartoon accurate rc robot out there without even having to worry about pretending it's going to transform mm -hmm. instead we start with this though that's kind of what i'm saying like you can do this that's fine but like you need to also like do the classic thing too like you know hit both of those points at the same time or close together don't mm -hmm. just have this as the only option. All right. So did anyone get anything this week? Hey, guess what? For the first time in I don't know how long, I don't have anything. I've got a copy of Super Robot Wars sitting on my porch waiting for me when I get uh, get done, but that's about it. Don? I got nothing. <laughs> Short show this week. Uh, yeah. All the stores, just they, they reset all their new layouts. And decided that's good enough. We'll fill them later. Yeah, pretty much. How about uh, Blade Runner? Blade Runner <laughs> yeah. wants to know which super, super Robot Wars first, though. Yes, I actually did get uh, two things. I'll go over really quick. Um, thanks to the illustrious John DeLuna, uh, I now have Earthrise Trust. Nice. And it only took thirty days to get to me through the U.S. <laughs> Postal Service. <laughs> wow. Literally, literally uh, he shipped it out on December 20th, and I got it on January 19th. Uh, so, happy birthday to me. Yes, a damning condemnation of the state of our postal service right now. Yeah. Not their fault, but, no. but it's pretty bad. And uh, today in the mail, I got uh, from the wonderful Mr. Donald Ferguson, I got the Silver Centurion 
Marvel Legends Iron Man. Was that the nice. uh, Walgreens one? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, this this only took two weeks to get to me because Don lives in the immediately neighboring state. How long was Don sitting out before he actually mailed it to you? Well, once Matt paid, I got it out in like two or three days. Yeah. Oh, so it's Matt's fault. Yeah. I see how it is. No, no, it's not Matt's fault. <laughs> and it's weird that... Well, um, to be, to be Matt, fair, we both kind of forgot about it. And like, he yeah. didn't tell me how... I didn't pay him because he never told me how much he owed me, and we both kind of. I was said, helping. I was helping to move an entire house in a week. Yeah. So I was just like, <sighs> I forgot. Yeah, he had but it it's for weird a while that... because we both forgot about it. So yeah, it's yeah. very convenient. All these excuses you both have. <laughs> the thing is, though, Silver Centurion armor is not one of my favorites. Um, it is one of mine. <laughs> but it, but that is a strikingly good looking. It's sort of like, to me, it's like the Mark V. It's it's a very different take in the whole gold red red gold run around it, and it really stands out. And they made a really great looking figure of it, so I'm I'm glad I was able to pick one up for Matt. It's just it's not my favorite armor, but it's a great looking figure. Yeah, uh, it is a little different from your standard Marvel Legends Iron Man because he has like a, a a higher molded collar and kind of an oddly cylindrical shaped helmet which means he has a very long neck stem so you're not going to pull this helmet off and put on a tony stark head it's it's not going to work so he is just doomed to be completely ironed up iron man forever but he looks good so how about john if he's there yeah i'm here let's see here i got um i only got a couple things i did get actually as a quick aside i did get to finally open uh kingdom megatron so I have thoughts on him. Um, I really, conceptually, I like him. So I'm going to give them points for trying. I don't know if they, I don't know if they were specifically trying to make him feel like a, um, like one of those cheap rubber dinosaur toys, but uh, he feels like that in a charming way, not in a super negative way. So in in Dino mode, he really does feel like you know, a two dollar Tyrannosaurus Rex toy that you get in a bin. So I find that kind of charming, and because obviously because of the rubbery plastic, um, he's a bit of a mess when he fits together or, or at attempts to fit together and tab here and slot there and, and all that doesn't quite work. But um, but again, uh, I dig the idea, and uh, and so I like him. He net he's a net positive, I think. Um, but the other things that I got this week, and I've only had time to open one. Is I got a couple more artifacts uh, from uh, the '80s toy business. Uh, the one thing that I did get to open, I'm gonna have to figure out how to store this until I can scan it, um, because I am kind of nervous about stuff like this. So I got an order form, a 1989 order form, for a uh, special promo that Playmates was running. That Ooh. it's uh, it's toy salesmen and women. Uh, let's be honest. It was 1989, probably a toy salesman um, that they were using around the uh, country to uh, to get in those 1989 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle orders. So it's a price list. It breaks out the assortments for Ninja Turtles, actually also Barnyard Commandos, and uh, it's got everything you want from um, obviously the um, the item, the units per carton, your unit price. And your, uh, you know, your grand total, obviously, minimum one thousand dollar order. So don't waste my time, uh, toy owner man. You got to put in at least a thousand dollars in in um, Ninja Turtle goods. 
but uh, but knowing this business, you know, I'll cut you a good deal. I'll give you like a twenty percent discount. Um, so it's got some really interesting things on it. Like uh, so, the figure assortments they came in a case of twenty four. Um, just some random trivia here. So the figures came in cases of twenty four. The turtle blimp uh, came in a case of six. So that's probably a pretty big box. It was. Uh, yeah, um, that was a really big box. Yeah, six blimps in a in a case. Um, the no, that was head, blow up blimp. The box wasn't that big. The I box was remember, pretty big. All I things considered. Yeah, I think it was like a uh, bottom of like a bottom shelf kind of item. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, the knucklehead, which I was talking to some friends friends the other day. Apparently, the knucklehead was a big shelf warmer. I don't remember that. It absolutely was. <laughs> Okay, well, there's another like I, opinion. I own one. It's kind of crap, and I'm not surprised it didn't really sell. I don't yeah, remember that. One. I it's, remember it's the robot it, spider thing that had mm -hmm. um, six arms end with uh, boxing glove fists, and the front two ending with hands. But none of it was actually poseable because it was all built around a uh, capture claw gimmick. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like it was an interesting uh, idea. Okay, I got I got it in my head now. Yeah. It was an interesting idea. Also, it was like uh, gray and purple because it was a Foot Clan thing, and that's you know the basic color scheme for that. But um, it was an interesting idea for a, a gimmick platform toy, but like it wasn't that fun. I must have picked the blimp over that. Probably. Yeah, probably. Um, the other thing that's on here, and I don't remember. Maybe actually, you remember? I remember this. I don't remember this being a shelf warmer or not. Was the cheapskate? The uh, skateboard for the Ninja Turtles. I think that was just so inexpensive that it avoided, you know, the possibility of being a shell former. Yeah, like, it was not mm -hmm. something that you would see like uh, perpetually over a long span of time. But it was also something that was like, if you wanted one, it wasn't that hard to just go somewhere and buy one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's funny how um, so many. Uh, I forget when it comes to like vintage Ninja Turtles. I forget how much of it is burned into my brain. So like I I'll, hmm. I'll go through this item list and you know like the cheapskate, the knucklehead, the turtle blimp, the pizza thrower, the foot cruiser, the foot ski, the um, sewer playset. Like all of these things I can instantly remember, uh, just giving me the the cue of the name. So anyway, uh, at some point like everything else I've got, I'm going to uh, to scan this. But this is fun. Um, and other than that, I didn't get anything else this week. John, uh, in a uh, in an interesting thing, since you mentioned um, Barnyard Commandos, there was a recent Kickstarter, I believe, that was successful to start bringing out the uh, the the figures. Yeah, those molds look actually really good for what they are. They look pretty awesome. So yeah, now I'm just waiting for what was the toy line, which was the food. Everything was food-based, food commandos. That's not the name. Food fighters. Food fighters. Okay, yeah. Like there's like an egg carton tank, something like that, or a mobile carrier that was an egg carton. There's a hamburger, maybe? Donut? Am I crazy? Hamburgers and donuts are basically the same thing anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If this was Transformers, they'd just be redecos. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So anyway, so that's it for me. All right, I'll go. I think I got everyone else. Uh, I got... The Mandalorian with the child. This is the vintage one. Oh, that's uh, the one that comes with the pin from Walmart? Yes. The pin that I did not get. <laughs> the, the worst part is I pre-ordered this. They canceled my pre-order and then two days later put a whole bunch of stock available to buy on Walmart.com. So 
why did they have to cancel my pre-order? Uh, it just like, seems like their typical uh, typical practice. Yeah, like they either cancel my pre-order and then you know put more stock on a day or two later, and then I you know I may or may not have the chance to get that depending on if I see someone post that they're available online. Um, or they do the Netflix wave one and just never send it to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when I called Hasbro after I, you know, told Walmart, like, hey, you didn't send me my pin. I have a pin box. So I was actually like, hey, I can put that in my pin box. So I already had an idea where it was going and then it just didn't show up. So they were like, oh, we don't have any more call, call Hasbro. And I call Hasbro at the number they provided. And the rep was like, we'll just send you out two black series figures, random black series figures. So, cause they'll send out something of equal value. So they did that. And that's when the guy told me that, you know, they know about the issues. This apparently is a common issue. Uh, the funny thing is, which I didn't know until after I got off the phone with him, if you go on eBay, there's a ton of pins of those pins on eBay. So I don't know if they were stolen or they there's just a lot of people who got the pins who are reselling them. So did you buy one? I did. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, cuz it was like 5 bucks. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, so I'm yeah, like I got two black series figures out of it. I got like $40 <laughs> worth of figures because they didn't Walmart didn't ship the pin. So I'm still, you know, making out. I just hope they're decent Black Series figures that they send because I don't know what they're going to be. Yeah, the last time I got replacement of equal or slightly greater value, it was like a couple years old stuff that nobody would want. Yeah, they said, the, the dude said it was going to be newer stuff because mm. he was like, oh, it sounds like you're a new collector <laughs> like or a collector of the newer stuff, I guess yeah. you could say. So, um, yeah, but that's, that's all I got. Um, uh, I so Rob said in our internal chat that he remembered he got something. Yes, I, d I did get one thing this week. I almost forgot. Uh, I got uh, vintage collection Moff Gideon off of uh, uh, Amazon because they still had it in for retail. And it just uh, I haven't seen the show, but I I've always liked Giancarlo Esposito and I like the uh, costume design and it's a fairly nice figure. It still has, I don't know why they do Iron Man 2 style hips on all the new vintage collection things, but that's that's really my only complaint about it. I, I, I really would like them to stop that. <laughs> that's a good figure to have, too, because uh, he's going to be hard to get once uh, the the ship comes out, uh, the mm. Razor Crest, because any of those figures from the Mandalorian in the vintage line are just going to look great next to that ship. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I, that's, Oh, oh I'm no, sorry. sorry about that. But yeah, that's the one and only thing I got this week. I was looking for the Mandalorian himself, but he's pretty much sold out everywhere at this point. Yeah. Um, I did also open up my Alita one that Chris was saying that some of the art uh, shoulders were backwards. I initially thought mine might be wrong, but I think they may be right because the point is towards the front and not the back. Uh, Chris, you have experience with this, so... Uh, well, the one shoulder I can kind of see looks like it has the smaller side of the rivet forward. Yes. 
Yeah, I thought that should be right. Okay. Um, because the weird part is the box art conflicts with the instructions. Like the box art. <laughs> oh no, she doesn't even have the, the spike on the box art. <laughs> Great. But I was like legit confused for a little bit. Yeah, that that's actually what it is. Is uh, yeah. The box art was probably based off the RC use of the design, which doesn't have the shoulder spikes. Yeah, I mean, it, it wouldn't like be the first the time that they just put the wrong CAD asset in. Mm -hmm. It looks like on the back, the 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 packaging, the shoulders are on backwards. Uh, I'm gonna look at mine because I've got my still inbox Elita over here. Um, All I know is the uh, the color scheme on that rendering way better than what ended up on the toy. Okay, so um, oh, yeah. the rendering on the back shows the shoulders in the correct orientation and has the spikes. The box art on the side panel shows the shoulders in the correct orientation because it has the um, little the divots in the front of the shoulders, the little recess part where the rivet goes. Um, but... Either the spikes are poorly represented here, or they are not present on the drawn box art. Yeah, so it had me confused for a little bit. Mm. Uh, but yeah, uh, phew, John is absolutely right. These these ten legs are terrible. Yeah, that I don't sure know why was they... a choice. What's that? That sure was a choice. I assume it was just a necessity of how the um, mold lays out. But they could have did red because everything that's tan on her could have been red except maybe for the hands. Well, okay, so there's your thing, though. So, like, the hands, uh, the biceps, uh, those would both be unpaintable plastic elements. They'd be nylon for um, stress tolerance. And it's very possible that the shins are also part of the nylon sprue. So if you, yeah. have, if you have those parts in that color, then all those nylon parts have to be in that color. And the shins were a sacrifice because the rest of the stuff that was in nylon was the color they wanted it to be. I'm looking at my RC right now, and her legs are white, unpainted plastic, and so are her hands and arms. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and I'm looking at uh, my uh, Paradron Medic Lifeline, I, which I have, is the one copy of the mold I had out of package. And I can tell just by the feel of the material that's the unpaintable plastic. So that's weird. what that's about. It's weird that the thighs are painted white on Alita 1. That's because the functional joint part of the legs is a separate piece of plastic. Okay. If it was like older toys where it was um, ball and socket hips, then the thigh chunk might have to be unpaintable plastic. But it wouldn't necessarily be the um the hip balls themselves would be though like i'm not sure what else was on that sprue with the thighs that the thighs were red and they had to paint them white because yeah, any on, of the other any of the other red plastic parts i would assume on rc they're unpainted white you know what i mean yeah because that just works for how the plastics uh, are laid out for that use of the mold um and it seems, too, like with the uh, universal joints for the shoulders and hips now, um, like they're not as automatically constrained using unpaintable plastic for those joint elements like they would be for uh, ball and sockets. But, you know, things like the biceps where they have, um, you know, a short span where there is stress at both ends of it for movement, that, 
that's going to be in nylon, so it handles that a little bit better. And then, of course, the hand for your inserting accessories, which could cause stretching or whatever, that's also going to be. And then the shins might just be a consequence of, like, we need to fill this mold in a little bit more, so we're going to move those parts over there because that will still work just fine. Yeah, the the shins, I, I can understand. The hips confuse me. Yeah. Um, but because I would rather have white unpainted parts than in general yeah that they painted white unless no they're definitely painted could be worse it could be um yellow painted parts next to yellow plastic yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) all right we'll get into patreon make sure to check us out patreon.com what is what is the patreon at patreon.com slash tf radio or tf radio.net slash patreon both go to the same place there you go. Yeah. Uh, check out our Amazon affiliate link, tfradio.net slash Amazon. Do all your Amazon purchasing, pay nothing additional, and you help the show. Yeah, go buy a washing machine or something. No yeah, deal. or, you know, a couple OLED TVs, whatever whatever, whatever you a need. Gro- a gross of toilet paper. It's not like you're not going to use it. If you're a buyer for your company, you know... <laughs> You should definitely use definitely use our Amazon link. And then you can also check out John's awesome design shirts at tfradio.net slash shirt or shirts. Shirt, singular. Shirt, singular. Yes. Uh, John, anything going on with the shirts? Uh, not right now. I'm close on a couple of things I need to tinker with. But uh, Oh, actually, no, that's not true. Um, let me go back and look at the... Uh, Let's do this on air. This sounds great. Let me check. Yep. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, let me check this. Let me see the, the bleep blop, bloop blop, va- vamp, vamp. Uh, okay. Yeah. So actually, I did do one. I um, knew on the store in the last uh, couple of days, I uploaded. Um, I cleaned up and uh, kind of spruced up some very obscure artwork from G.I. Joe Japan that wow. I couldn't find anywhere else. I just found it on like um like a mail-away pamphlet that they had inside the vehicles they sold in Japan for G.I. Joe. And mm. it's this weird, kind of obscure, but really cool-looking um, crest. Uh, and so I restored that art and cleaned it up and figured, you know, what what the who? Um, just put it up there because it's, it's dead and gone and, you know, um, just an artifact of history. So uh, it's it's an eagle fighting a cobra, and it says "Fight, Friendship, Freedom." And it's apparently it was apparently like kind of like the um, it's not the GI Joe logo. So the GI Joe logo was in in Japanese was was used on the packaging, which is its own thing. You can find official merchandise, I think, with that logo on it. So go out to Hot Topic or wherever and uh, and buy yourself that if you're a filthy hipster. Uh, but if you want something super uh, obscure, um, check out our store uh, on T Public or like we said slash shirt and uh, get pick your up pick yourself up a fight friendship freedom uh, eagle fighting a cobra. It's really cool. It kind of looks like something from World War II, but uh, but no, it was something that was used in very kind of selective instances for G.I. Joe Japan, which, yes, Hasbro thought G.I. Joe would work in Japan. So 
so that's new on the store. And then I am working on a couple of original things. I think I said this a few shows back. One of these things I need to get the sign off of Mr. Uh, Headmaster Don because it features him kind of prominently. So, oh dear. Oh, yes. But yeah, there's some awesome designs on there. I got better things to do tonight than die. Uh, we've also got some Matt Tracker helmets going on. Uh, we got a three and three quarter G.I. Joe style shirt, which is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, tons Head, of uh, headmaster stats for your that go on your chest, like the toys. That's probably, you know, that is definitely our best selling shirt um, over time. And then we've got the Makes RFC. Sense. We've got the RFC logo a couple different ways. Um, RFC reviews. We even we've even sold a Massey Attacks shirt here and there. Believe and it or mugs. not, <laughs> yeah, we have mugs and masks, <laughs> but we we have sold that design uh, a few times here. So so Don, just so you know, there are people walking around this earth uh, with Massey Attacks merch. Drinking so, yeah. coffee out of a mug that features a JPEG. Of you getting attacked <laughs> and savaged by your cat. Yes. I mean, I just love the, it's a good movie. <laughs> uh, I'm glad I'm glad my pain and suffering brings you joy. Yeah, it Maybe. paid for something on the show. It paid for a wire or a yeah. cable or something, a converter well, or what. It paid, for that, it paid for that simple mechanical switch Brian sent me a while back. Don. <laughs> You should know by now that, and this applies to everybody, your cries and screams are music to my ears. Absolutely. But check it out at no, 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 no. slash shirt. Sure. Yeah. Chris, that's, that's, uh, you can use that for like new sound wave, but uh, not, not I'm, huh? I'm sorry. I don't know what you're talking about, Don. Yeah. What? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, mosey on down to our uh, shop. It's more than a shirt shop. Like we said, uh, we sell um, phone cases and pillows and masks, big and small masks and t-shirts and all kinds of cool stuff with the designs on them. Again, including one where um, Don's being assaulted by a cat. So what's better than that? I know what's better better than than that. that. Our touched patrons. We were thinking the same thing, weren't we, Chris? Yep. Every week at this time, we uh, list off all of our patrons at the touched level. And of course, at any time, you can go and check out everybody who is on our touched patrons list at tfradio.net slash credit. So, Diecast, you want to try to uh, murder some names for us? I am going to murder these names. Uh, (laughs) Kevin Dorsey. Ryan Bona, Cheesy Patty, <laughs> Emmett Stresovich, Rabbits, Hector Bones, Matthew Deadman, Jonathan James, Nathan Stampy, Sampy, Ness, Stampy. There's no T in it. <laughs> no. Uh, Ness, Joey Russell, Jason Hiley, Mike Mallory, Jason W. Rye. Sean Hamilton, Jacob Owen Lucia, Sean Bratton, and Spider Bob. So thank you all of our Touch patrons for helping to keep the show going. And of course, if you want to become a Touch patron and get the same benefits they do, including the opportunity to be a co-host on the This Week in History podcast, you can go to tfradio.net slash Patreon and sign up at the Touch level. Of course, any patronage level that you sign up to will help us keep doing what we're doing and we appreciate everybody who supports the show in that way the notes can all be found at tfradio.net slash credits is that right our yeah our uh, list of our touch patrons can be found at oh. tfradio.net slash credits okay the yeah, notes the for this episode can be... though can be found at tfradio.net slash 710 710 
because this is episode 710. See, that's that's the trick of how this works. Any episode that you want to, any episode that's actually aired, I should say, like you can't do this for future episodes we haven't done yet, but any episode that we've already done, you can uh, go to tfradio.net slash that episode number. So like if you want the year in review show, it's 708. This episode 710. It, it, it works. It's a pattern. You can kind of figure it out from there. And you can see the uh, copy of the show notes, which has links to the things we talked about and other you know support materials like that. So Jeez, can I, I hope episode 404 was a good one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, can I go to episode 750 now and see what's going to happen? Okay, so you missed a part 45 seconds ago where I specifically explained how you can't do that with episodes we haven't recorded yet. That's a shame. You see, I was way ahead of you there, just like you wanted to be by jumping ahead to episode 750 and seeing what we did that week. But you can't. And you can also check us out on tfradio.net slash discord. It's where... That's our discord server where people chat while we uh, do the show. And throughout the rest of the week, too, um, like many is the night I'm sitting in there with some of our regulars and we just end up having like really cool, interesting conversations. Like I'm, I am honestly super pleased with the discord crowd we have. And I encourage anybody who is just into like not just Transformers conversation, but just general like nerd talk like you know come join us and hang out and you'll probably have a pretty good time yeah i'm disappointed i didn't didn't jump in there this week and see that uh deep cover news because yeah I yeah actually that's a good cover. point because if not for our discord i wouldn't have even known about that in time myself yep uh you can check us out on patreon twitter facebook instagram youtube roku fire tv Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and pretty much everywhere else. Remember, yeah, basically what it boils down to is if it's someplace that you can follow us or subscribe to us, we probably have some kind of presence there to enable you to follow us or subscribe to us. Uh, Brian is a big attention hog that way. And if you're like Don and you don't know these uh, technology things, you can uh, also leave us a voicemail uh, you, or send a text message. You can also use it to send text at 931-99-GOBOT. That's 931-994-6268. Now, you have to understand and that voicemail and not like an answering machine because once upon a time there used to be this special separate box that you plugged in the series with your telephone and it had cassette tapes in it one of them had your outgoing message which is what would play when your phone would ring but you didn't answer it and then it would go beep and then somebody could record the message onto the other tape that you would play back later to find out who called while you were out doing your grocery shopping or what have you don still has I, one of those hooked up i will have you know i have a digital answering machine that uses a microchip i got rid of the cassette one about 15 years ago i think you're gonna say five years ago and <laughs> i got one that uses one of those microchips that's what the guy at the store told me at the at the uh service merchandise that i bought that from i mean that was the precursor to you know modern consumer voicemail services oh, yeah, yeah absolutely uh don't forget to check out rob at zonebase.org and at Robo Rob Springer. And I I think uh John D is at that John D everywhere. That's just yeah, that's in there for when he's not here with us on a given week, which <laughs> I was I was almost gonna tell people to follow <laughs> Rob at that John D and then I realized I yeah, I go for it. That's fine. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't think it's going to actually work out for anybody, but... Um... <laughs> yeah, you know what? You yeah, know, what, everybody I mean... just follow that John D everywhere. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I'll relay. Rob Springer for you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Everybody just, everybody right now go follow that John D and also Robo Rob Springer, and then you're covered either way. Exactly. And also follow uh, at Brian Kilby. Is it B Kilby? B Kilby. Or BrianKilby.com for things like his terrifying Christmas albums. <laughs> or happy days when they happen. Happy dailies. I see, like, I assume that's why Brian wanted you to host because he knows I always rip into him when I plug his website and the, the, the cursed Christmas albums. But the jokes on him <laughs> that's, happening, that's happening too. And Diecast is murdering these plugs. Uh <laughs> Uh, so you can find me at playwithphotography.com, which is where I collect all of my toy photography galleries and related content. Uh, you can also follow me on social media, either uh, Instagram.com slash playwithphotography or at playwithphotos on Twitter. Uh, they are slightly dead at the moment just because I have not been up to producing content lately. But when I'm producing some stuff and working on things, preview pictures will go out on those channels. And it's uh, generally interesting just because like, it'll be some behind the scenes or previews of what I'm working on, just as the case may be. Um, if you like the work I'm doing and want to show some support, I'm on Patreon at patreon.com slash playwithphotos. You can sign up for as little as $2 per month. Uh, and get early access to galleries or five dollars and up will get you put on the credits page on every new gallery that goes up i just had a new uh five dollar patron sign up this week uh so welcome jared mock tackle thank you very much for joining the crowd um personally i'm on twitter at chris rtxv um i still have my amazon wish list even though my birthday was yesterday i i don't mind getting gifts when it's off season like i mean you know who would complain about that so if you just want to like do a random nice thing for me if you're or or if you're only just now finding out it's my birthday and you want to send me something, uh, go check that out. And uh, Purchases through tfradio.net slash chrislist will uh, send a little bit back to the show for production costs uh, for anything you buy off my Amazon wish list. So everybody wins. You may proceed, Diecast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don, where can we find you at? The mute button. He's working on it. <laughs> He's on a delay, so yes, yes, yes. Uh, and I and I have the boost on. I'm not sure why there's a delay I, here. Yeah, it might be your internet. Okay, um, I can be reached on Twitter at HMRC the number four EVR. And Matt, Matt, Matt declines. Matt's a, Matt's asleep. Uh, uh, Matt, Matt declines specifically. Matt's awake, but he declines. Uh, you just haven't been paying attention for the last two years. No, I can see him. I'm pretty sure I put him to sleep. <laughs> Well, he's nodding, so he's faking it. <laughs> Not by <Rod>. much. <laughs> well, well if, okay. if Matt if Matt was waiting for his sleep to be delivered by the USPS right now, he'll be waiting a while for that. Maybe that's maybe that's my problem. Maybe my sleep has to come by mail, and that's why I don't ever get any. I can say, like, I have not gotten any of my Taobao shipments in, like, three, four months. So there is stuff that I'm buying. It's just not getting to my door. So, Rob, how about you? Okay. Um, I can be found on Twitter at Figure Reviewers or Rob Flails. Rob Flails is my gaming Twitter, which goes to my uh, with my YouTube account, Flailthroughs, which... Uh, I cover a uh, Gundam game called Gundam Battle Operation 2 for the PlayStation 4. It's about halfway through its third year at the moment. Uh, this last week, it just added the Violent, which 
flies get shot down a lot and present a huge target. Uh, I'm still working on a video for that for reasons. Um, but yeah, if you, uh, if you want to check it out, youtube.com slash flail throughs. If you like what I'm uh, doing there, patreon.com slash flail throughs. And you can, uh, uh, you can, uh, throw money at me in exchange for round requests of specific mobile suits, color schemes, weapons, etc. Or, uh, if you have any money left after you've gotten Chris something, tfradio.net slash claylist is uh, my Amazon wish list. And uh, just like Chris's, it uh, a little bit does go back to uh, help pay for our production costs. Hey, Diecast, what about your plugs? Oh, yeah. I'm the only one left. This is weird. Uh, you can follow me at Diecast2 on Twitter. You can like my Facebook page at Reviews by Diecast. You can see all my reviews at tfradio.net slash reviews and anywhere else. I don't know. <laughs> Crack job there, Diecast. Yep. Yep. And that's the end of the show. <laughs> what a relief. Yay. Great job. This has been Radio Free Cybertron. Visit us at tfradio.net for show notes and to subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at tfradio for news and updates. Watch our live stream at tfradio.net slash live. Join our Facebook fan page at facebook.com slash tfradio. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, TF Radio Network. Have a question or comment? Leave it on our Facebook fan page or mail it to contact at tfradio.net. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons license. Any part of this podcast can and should be redistributed, but please, proper attribution is required if you know what's good for you. Radio Free Cybertron, the original Transformers internet radio show since 1999. 100% girlfriend free since 1999.